0: you guys are having an amazing week so far. My week has been positive. I think that's the word we're going to use and exciting. Um I'm kind of a homebody, don't really leave much, especially now that I've been working from home, so even less likely that I leave my house, but it's weird because I'm blessed with amazing amazing friends and people in my life who are always more than willing and available to hang out so because of that I've been trying to kind of meet up with people just like how I said I've been hand delivering books as a show of gratitude and also as a way to get out of my house and catch up with some people who I haven't in a while and this week was one of those I went for dinner with a friend this past weekend I went to an amazing art show And there was delicious food there as well. It was a friend's art show and also a friend's food. I had pupusas with my friends, went for Korean fried chicken. Like, I've been living. And if you guys hear it in my voice that it's a little bit, like, froggy, it's because I also have, like, a horrible flu. But... I haven't allowed that to stop me from living my best life, you know, (laughs) so I hope you guys are having an amazing week as well. We just had the, the first major snowfall the other day and I'm Canadian. I was born in Canada. I see this every year, but every single year I'm still kind of like, damn, we're at this more um, at this moment again, where it's snowing and it's, it's just depressing. You got a shovel, almost landed on my hip yesterday because my shoes didn't have enough grip for the icy driveway. But you know, help health, free healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope you guys had some time to meditate on the words to live by or just think about them for last week, which were stop negotiating with your demons. And the two things that I take away from this is that we owe it to ourselves to release negativity. Um and releasing negativity is extremely difficult, especially when those negative or bad habits are things that we've kind of been used to or, or, th- or are things that have been parts of our lives for a very long time. But just because something has been a part of our, our life for a long time doesn't mean it's necessary to accommodate or negotiate with it when it's no longer serving us, which therefore means we don't need to negotiate with our demons and we just need to let it go. And what i found is that when you release negativity and you stop negotiating with your demons, it actually leaves room for much more goodness. It leaves room the space that you were taking up tiptoeing around things that you know you should drop or giving your giving even 5% of your yourself to to situations that you know deserve less than zero. That space and energy, even if you think it's just a little or it doesn't make a difference, it does because imagine if that little 5% or 2% of the energy that you're investing into something that you shouldn't were to be redirected into something positive. It could be something new. It could even be something that you've been currently working on, but you would just take a little bit more of your energy and put it into that. And this is not necessarily business related. It could just be happiness and joy. like. 15, 20 minutes a day that you spend overthinking or getting down on yourself. If you took that 15 minutes a day and you listened to good music and you danced, or you spent it speaking with someone who you really loved, that is significant, you know? So, yeah, I hope you guys learn how to stop negotiating with your demons and make space for all the greatness and all the happiness and joy that is actually available to you at all times. So, with that, I'm going to get right into our talk for this week. This is something that, if most of you guys are on social media, you may have heard about. And in hearing it and feeling passionately as I do about it, I had to really take a moment and step back and really assess how I was going to come to discuss this topic because I don't want to rant. Um, ranting is nice. It happens. And I am sure I ranted a lot about this prior to getting to this place where I'm going to be talking to you guys about it. But I feel that if I'm going to talk to you guys about things, especially things that I'm passionate about, I owe it to you guys to take a moment to actually assess the feelings I'm feeling, break them down into tangible things. I don't want you guys to just sit here and listen to me express my frustration over stupidity for 30 minutes with nothing to really take away from it, except for that. Oh, Toks is not a fan of that thing, you know? So what I'm going to be talking about this week is hymens. Yes, you heard me right. I'm going to be talking about hymens more specifically, why they are not the business of people's fathers. (laughs) So in a podcast interview With the Ladies Like Us podcast, I believe last week, yes, last week, T.I. said that he takes his 18-year-old daughter to the gynecologist yearly to make sure that her hymen is still intact. And I'm sure most of you guys know what a hymen is. I'm not really going to get into it, but essentially having your hymen intact lets it be known that you're still a virgin. And there are still virgins who don't have their hymen intact, so scientifically, it's been proven that the hymen is not the is not necessarily an indicator of virginity or lack thereof. So, when this interview came out and Father Ti was talking in pride about this gross invasion of privacy, which is my opinion on it, um, it was met with outrage, disgust. But also, like with everything, it was met with co-signing. There were people who were like, "Mind your own business." Mind, like, he's a father. He's protecting his daughter. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And it just blew my mind. It blew my mind, and it blew my mind in the same way as the abortion, like in the same way that abortion legislation does. You know, like it's not your body. Mind your business, kind of ways. So, I came up with a few points and topics that have really been the ones that have been sitting heavy on my mind and that have that I have I've heard and also pulled from this whole situation and the many different opinions and reactions that have been out yeah I'm probably late because with social media when someone says a statement that's wild within 24 hours most people have kind of put out their support or their disapproval put out op-eds videos, everything, but I don't just want to react. As I said, I'd rather really sit back and process what I'm reacting to, understand exactly why I feel the way I do and have reasons to back it up. Not, not because you need reasons to back up your emotions, but because it's good to know why you feel how you feel, you know. it's Yes, we have our feelings and they're not controlled, but they always do kind of come from the root of somewhere. So the first thing that really, that really stuck out to me is the whole issue of property slash ownership of a body. And in this situation now, T.I.'s 18-year-old daughter is going to the doctor, as she should, going to a gynecologist. But because he's her father... The pride that he took in saying that he goes and gets a verification that her hymen is still intact yearly kind of blows my mind and puts it um put the question in my head of who actually has ownership of our bodies and more in particular female bodies, because you know, no there's no way to check if a man is a virgin or not. From my understanding, I might be wrong. Scientists chime in or gynecologists chime in, but these type of issues are like almost 100% female. So the issue of property owner/ownership of a body is one that really sticks out to me. Yes, a minor. Well, I be, she's 18 now, so I guess she's technically not, but him saying it in the way that he has and saying that they do it yearly, who knows how long this has been going on. The fact that a father thinks that because he's the father of a of a young woman that he has the right to constantly check on her virginity in such an invasive way in itself is a major problem. I understand that parents, it's important for parents to watch out for their kids, make sure they're okay and all of that, but to take it to the extreme level of going to the doctor, like I don't even know how to put it, it's still blowing my mind and even in talking about this right now and preparing, I'm still kind of like triggered. <laughs> but the ownership of an individual's body is that person's. And yes, you as a parent, it's important that you ask questions and you discuss with your kids, make sure they're safe and things like that. But I feel like this is a gross, gross, gross invasion of privacy. And why it's even more so an invasion of privacy is the fact that he, knowing his social standing as a celebrity who people listen to, who people hear about with pride went onto a podcast which is very popular and said it blatantly that I go to check if my daughter's hymen is intact. Like don't quote me on exactly how he said it, but I do know for a fact that he said intact. And That in itself is wild because for him to say it like that, that means that there's a pride in what he's doing. He doesn't see that there's any wrongs in it. And that in itself is a major issue. Like I can only imagine what this young girl is feeling at this moment when her father, doing whatever he does, whether she agrees with it or not, but I guess because of her age and because of um, privacy in the medical field, from my understanding, she must have given consent for the gynecologist to disclose this information with her father right um i don't know how that goes but if she decided to do that with her father and her family home that's absolutely fine it is her body she has the right to but for him to come out here and just blatantly say it with all the pride and all the happiness of yes i'm doing the right thing kind of leads you to believe that there are deeper seated issues and this kind of leads to my second point which is there's a difference between instilling values i.e. raising your child and policing them and at the point where a father or a parent thinks it necessary to physically check on the virginity of their daughter i think we've crossed the line from parenting and instilling values into policing your child and there might be people who don't agree with this, and I know I'm not even sure if everyone who listens to me will agree with my stance on this. But raising a child and instilling values is exactly what it says. You have a, a mini human being that you've brought into this world, adopted, whatever, and it's now your responsibility to equip them with the skills necessary so that when they get to certain ages and stages in life, the skills you gave them, you hope that they will allow them to make the best decisions possible for themselves, and this is parenting. But policing, on the other hand, is hawk over, overstep, over, overreach, and I believe that that's exactly what it is when a father decides to check on the virginity of their daughter by taking them to the gynecologist yearly. And I believe I saw um in one of the episodes of their show, Family Values, Um, he was talking with his son, who I believe is, yes, I'm pretty sure is younger than this 18-year-old daughter, kind of. And the sex talk and the situation that was going on was much more lighthearted. And it wasn't so overbearing and protective. And this leads into my third point, which is that the narrative between young boys and young girls is extremely different. And in that difference, there's a lot of disturbing revelations. so a lot of the pro pro ti camp is saying that oh life is really difficult um i was a girl who was really wild when i was younger he's just being a good parent we got to watch out for we got to protect our daughters and it's absolutely true i am an advocate for protecting our daughters protecting our sons protecting everybody you know but when boys, young boys are encouraged to have sex and be free and explore. And young girls are encouraged to not have sex, abstain in every way possible to hide from young boys, essentially so much so that parents can do what TI did. The question now becomes, who are these young boys having sex with? And it's so funny because one of my favorite online personalities lovey ajayi jones was actually actually made a an instagram live about this topic and as she was speaking i literally yelled out who are these boys having sex with at the same time she did because if we're telling 14 13 year old boys that it's okay to have sex but young girls are not supposed to be having sex are these boys supposed to be having sex with 20 30 40 50-year-old pensioners like who who are these boys supposed to be sleeping with right and that just goes into the narrative of the um the hypocrisy of this whole dynamic by no means am i here saying that young children should all be engaging in sexual activity or anything like that. I'm just stating the facts of what we see in society and what society perpetuates and how it doesn't really make sense because if you want these young boys to be having sex with girls, but the young girls are not supposed to have sex at all, who are these young boys having sex with? And why is it then okay to promote such behavior in men, but then... not want it so much for young women that parents and men would be out here condoning the behavior that he did because at the end of the day we're all we're all human beings we're gonna do what we want to do but society and the way it's set up and the way that certain narratives are placed put people in a, a very tricky situation especially young girls for example now because being in relationships with young boys who are encouraged to have sex and encouraged to to explore their manhood and sow their royal oats, as was said in Coming to America. Um, are These little boys are in relationship with these young girls. And the girls, on the other hand, are being told, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. So the pressure now comes where... The boys who are dating the girls are being told two different things. And and now it between them, they have to reconcile which one is the truth or which one they're going to do. Or if a guy says he doesn't want to, I mean if a girl says she's not interested because she doesn't feel ready and a guy has been told to get it get it while you can he'll now tell the girl that oh well if you don't feel comfortable I'm a man I'm gonna cheat on you and this is something that actually really happens a lot so I think it's important that we understand what these what these biases do and how it's confusing to young people when these two narratives are being told and then when they meet each other they're on two different pages where they both are feeling justified by the pressures that have been instilled on them by society to to interact in a way that is not cohesive if that makes any sense but yeah we're teaching our boys one thing we're teaching our girls another thing and then and at the end of the day that's never going to make sense somebody's going to end up feeling cheated somebody's going to end up feeling pressured Somebody's gonna end up feeling emasculated because we're on two different sides of the spectrum, being told two different things with conviction, and there's no cohesion. And these are young people, you know. There gets a there. You get to a point in life, hopefully, where you're mature enough to be able to make the decisions you want to make. And but since we're talking about a minor, or well, she's 18 now, but her what her father was doing to her or with her as a minor, um it's important to discuss this situation from that same place. Like we need to discuss this situation from the playground and from a young people's place. And the fact that women's bodies are always policed, which is the whole abortion talk, which is the whole reason why this is being justified as well. So the fourth point that I really, that really kept coming to my head and was frustrating was that why are we caging women when it's the men who need to be tamed and when i say women i'm not saying all women if i say men i'm not saying all men so don't take my generalities as generalities take it as those who this applies to so if this doesn't apply to you that's absolutely fine if it does get your life in order i don't know how else to put it but in society you always see the fact that women are told to dress like this, do this, don't go here, don't do this, don't do that because of guys. Because when you dress a certain way, you might call certain types of attention to yourself. And the way I see it in my mind is that caging women when it's the men who need to be tamed is pretty much like going to a zoo where the animals are set free and, were the ones who are caged. It doesn't make any sense. Instead of telling, teaching women and training women to have to protect themselves from these wild, ferocious men, quote unquote, who can't control themselves, wouldn't it be more beneficial if these men were taught how to act? Like, I don't even know how to put it any simpler than that. Why are... Young from a young age, women are taught these things. You're taught don't dress like this. Oh, that's too much. Girl, you're too fast of a young girl. And there's side note, there's this whole um Instagram post. I think someone had it from Twitter and they said that is um something along the lines of a girl is not if a young girl is attracted to you as an older man, it's your job as an adult to not entertain her no matter how grown she looks. You know, and that's the whole situation. Like, I can remember being in middle school and stuff where the older high school guys, maybe some even in grade 12, were talking to young girls. I can't say us because (laughs) I wasn't one of them, but like talking to young girls. And people would be like, oh, she's so fast. She's so loose. But these are kids, essentially. And instead of looking at the women and blaming, us for situations and saying that we're the ones enticing and activating this crazy male energy that cannot be controlled maybe it's time that we do something about controlling the wild male energy that they claim is out there and it's really not that wild male energy because the majority of males are not vicious they're not doing all these horrible atrocities but I feel that it's important that we take we take a look at how we're training and bringing up males and females and do something to change that because it's not fair that girls are the ones being caged which is exactly what this whole TI situation is obviously because he doesn't trust the boys around clearly and to ensure that the boys don't are not getting to his daughter I guess he's in he's checking her invasively every single time but if you if you trust that you've raised your daughter and instilled in her the proper values i don't think that it, it will ever be necessary to do what he's doing any father anybody because yes people will make mistakes it might not even be a mistake people may make decisions to engage in sexual activity or to do whatever they want because they feel they're ready whether they're actually ready or not who knows hindsight is 2020 and many of us end up in situations of all types that we wish we hadn't been in but to want to protect so badly that you're invading on property for, um on your well when you're treating your daughter like property means that one you don't trust her two you don't even trust what you've instilled in her and three, you're terrified for some reason. And as a male doing that, I, I can only wonder what he did in his prime that makes him so scared for his daughter that he has to go to these lengths to ensure that she's still okay or intact. And this leads into my fourth, um, fifth and final point, which is the whole issue of tying sexuality slash virginity to value. And this is something that is only for women, for the most part. Well, okay, virginity tied to value is for women. Sexuality tied to value is for men. So men are supposed to have slept with many women, all of, all of the quotes and everything about it, like you have to test drive a car before you buy it or whatever, all these stupid things. I don't even know if people still say those things anymore. Like I'm out of the loop, but there is still this narrative of men, the more people men sleep with, the better. And when you're with a woman, she should have a very low body count or however you want to put it. And it's interesting because especially in like Western culture we like to pride ourselves on not being archaic not being um not engaging in practices that are that we see other cultures engaging in that we think are very like um frowned down upon or old-fashioned but this whole checking your daughter's hymen at the at the gynecologist and this whole virginity thing it's to me, it um, has a very, very mirrored comparison to um, some cultures. I'm not sure which, so I'm not going to say any to offend anyone or to be incorrect, but there are many cultures, and I'm not sure if it even still happens, but I kind of am inclined to believe it might still happen. Many cu- um, cultures, so when a husband and wife get married um, on their wedding night, when they consummate their marriage, They The morning after, they put up the stained bed sheets on, like, they hang it outside of their house to show to the people that the wife was indeed a virgin when they consummated the marriage. And that sounds crazy and scary, and it sounds disturbing, but, like, really even in this society that we live in that we think is so far up advanced in everything, yes, we're getting more women liberation and things like that, but I find that virginity for women is tied to value. And I'm not saying that this, I'm not saying go out and have sex. I'm not saying do anything that makes you feel uncomfortable or try to prove points or anything like that. But what I'm saying is that our bodies and what we do with them are not tied to our value. And when situations like this come up where a father will say with pride that he's checking his daughter's virginity essentially year, on a year to year basis with pride, it's because there's something there's something inherently seen as important with that. And that tells us something about our society that is kind of disturbing like um i don't know i feel like some people are going to misinterpret everything i'm saying but take what you can from it and what you don't understand or what you don't agree with don't take it like i'm not here preaching i'm not i'm not educated on this like per se i'm just somebody stating my feelings of disgust or disapproval of something but i feel that it's important that women understand that there's more to their lives than their bodies or their body counts or anything of that nature. And that we get to a place where women can feel safe being who they are or, or being in situations where, okay, let me rephrase that (laughs) where, what my ultimate goal for women is that we get to a place where we can feel safe period, where the decisions we made, we make are on even playing field as men, where what we're taught and instilled, what's taught and instilled to us is not taught as a defense mechanism for the lack of teachings that's given to men. It's taught as a way of helping us be our best selves and get to where we want to be. So this whole Hyman situation is one that just like irked, irked me to my core and I, for those of you who agree with it, I think you need to really take a look at yourself and feel why, why do you think it's okay to to do that to somebody? It's It's embarrassing, like the poor girl, I don't even wanna know what she feels like now that everybody's in her business, you know? Maybe she made the decision to do that when she was younger, maybe she couldn't change her mind, maybe she felt pressured, maybe she felt ashamed, who knows, and maybe she's absolutely fine with it, but based on what people are saying and what she's been liking on Twitter. She's uncomfortable with this situation. So yeah, I just really think let's mind our own personal bodies. And if a father has a daughter that you're terrified for, maybe teach your sons. Maybe teach your sons. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Stop making the victim scared. Maybe take the victimizer and like, get them in line so that they can do better so that people don't have to walk around being scared and having to police themselves or their bodies to ensure that the wild men which they aren't are going to not be likely to attack them or make them feel uncomfortable so yeah that's that's that on that and i'm just going to get right into the words to live by for this week and They are learn to bump heads without cracking skulls. So completely on the other side of this. And this is just conflict resolution. And it's interesting because once I came up with, well, once I decided that this was going to be my words to live by for this week, I have been seeing so many different posts on conflict resolution. And one that really stuck out to me was a friend of mine. She actually posted something about the fact that she never saw her parents argue ever and that maybe that may be the reason why when she gets into conflict she kind of shuts down and conflict is a part of life whether you like it or not you're going to go through it whether whether it makes you uncomfortable or comfortable it's still going to happen it's impossible for us to be completely in agreement with everybody at all times, which is why it's important to learn how to bump heads without cracking skulls. And cracking skulls is if essentially every single disagreement leads into a major blowout. That shouldn't be the case. And if you find that you can't really be told something or have conflicts without it leading to major defense mode and you fighting and blowing up with somebody I think it's really time that you check check where that comes from and check how to fix that because it's no good and as someone who is on the other end of that where when I bump heads I retreat I get really quiet I don't really have much to say um it's either way is not good and <laughs> conflict resolution is very very important so what i want you guys to do this week it just take some time to think of how you deal with conflict and how you deal with conflict with different people because sometimes there are certain people who are very headstrong who when we when we get into disagreements with them we kind of just back down based on the fact that we feel they won't stop there are certain people who when we get into conflict with them we kind of just go at it and It's very possible to get into conflict or have discussion, heated and passionate, two-sided discussions with any type of person and be able to leave smiling. Well, maybe not smiling, but like at least okay. You're able to leave without wanting to rip the person's head off. You're able to leave without shouting or getting to a negative place. So, I just want you guys to think of your your different types of relationships that you're in and how you deal with conflict in those relationships and determine whether you're dealing with them in the best way possible for you and if not, check yourself. Look at why you're doing why you act the way you do and what you can do to make it better because the sooner we realize how to deal with conflicts, the better adults and functioning human beings we're going to be because they're not going anywhere. So the least we can do is know how to face them without cracking skulls or running away. So yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening to this episode. Have an amazing week. Send me a DM if you want to talk to me about anything. Through My Brown Eyes is still available. It's actually also available on Barnes & Noble. So buy it for your family and the people you love for Christmas. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.